Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Post Institute. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder, coming at you live with the best little parenting show on the internet. I hope everybody's doing well tonight, and I'm sorry that I'm running late, but I'm glad for what I was doing, because today's my mama's birthday. She's 78 years old today. So I want to be, give a big happy birthday to my mama, Patty Saul. Uh, tell you a little story. So we were celebrating. We had a, um, went and picked up uh, some dinner and got to hang out with my mom and dad. And, you know, I could probably now, I could just probably sit and listen to them tell stories literally for days and days and days. Um, hi, Sephora. Glad you're here. And hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, it was kind of funny because when I went to pick up the dinner, there was a woman who was standing there and, uh, I just, you know, because it's Oklahoma, oh, it's your birthday too? Sephora, how cool. Well, I'm going to tell you, you are birthday twins with a wonderful person of my mother. <laughs> and of course I would not have probably said that my entire life, but as I think about it, I can't really think of a time that I would have said anything really derogatory about my mom. Um, but as time is going by, I just have, um, I just enjoy them more and more and more. And I think they feel the same way about me. I think that um, when we get together, it's just like, you know, we share old stories. I get to hear stories from their childhood, stories from their marriage of things that were going on that I didn't really know about or I didn't fully comprehend. And so... I'm late because I was enjoying hearing them share and talk and laugh. And so I apologize for being late, but um, I'm so glad to have the opportunity to spend that time with them. Um, anyway, I was, I was talking, I said, uh, I was telling you that there was a woman at the restaurant when I was picking the food up and I mentioned, God, this is a lot of food. We're celebrating my mom's birthday. Um, she's 78 today, and she, the woman said, my mom is 76, and we were talking a little, and I said, you know what, there is a great big part of me that really regrets all the times I was a jerk, so think about all the times that I was a jerk as a kid, um, or in my 20s, and now I, you know, and, and my way of being a jerk was not really, you know, I didn't talk back, I would this was the kind of jerk I was. I would sit and listen and smile and pretend like I'm going to do everything you just told me to do. And then as soon as I get out the door, I go do whatever the hell I wanted to do and hope I didn't get caught. So that was the kind of jerk that I was. Um, and my parents, I did a lot of things that you would probably, you know, just cringe and you know, the things that, the things that you're anxious and worried about your children doing. I have two older brothers and I'm sure one of the three of us have done almost all of them at some point in time. So, um, hopefully that's an encouragement to you because we are all living. We're all, um, doing pretty well, all things considered. We've all found different roles in the world and different roles in our family. And, um, hopefully that you can reflect on that and, imagine that even when your children seem like they're being jerks 
that there's still hope that one day it's all going to be better and one day you'll all be able to get together when you're in your 70s <laughs> and enjoy one another the same way I got to enjoy my parents today. So I want to share the two books real quick. Um, Brian's book, From Fear to Love, that you can get on permission at feartolovebook.com. We've got The Great Behavior Breakdown that you can get at postinstitute.com or on Amazon. We have our brand new workbook that you can get in print on Amazon. We have the ebook version available on our website, postinstitute.com. And I just placed the order today for a thousand copies to be printed for us to be able to sell directly to you. So um, I'll let you know when we have those in stock and we'll put together a little package on the website so that you guys can get a package deal. And then for those of you who already have the books, um, I'll send out some sort of special coupon where you can get a discount to purchase the workbook to add to your collection. So um, I wanted to pick up where we were talking last night. We were talking about, we've been talking about New Year's resolutions. We've been talking about making, creating goals and resolutions that have to do with the position of our heart. Um, we've talked about the handouts that you can get for free on our website um, and how those can be, um, they might even give you some ideas about things that you might wanna set as goals. Um, you could even have a goal that you're gonna practice your breathing. I'm gonna practice my breathing three times a day and it could be any time of the day. It could be while you're doing something else that you just, you know, while you're doing laundry or dishes or something that doesn't require um, a full head of focus that you could be like, oh, well, this is a great time for me just to practice breathing or, I'm going to practice um, thinking about positive, unique characteristics of my child so that I can start seeing them differently. So a lot of the, a lot of the work is just like internal work because these are things that help with the position of our heart. And one of the things that we know from Brian's book and from other professionals in this arena, um, Bruce Perry says... Um, positive relationship and positive environment over time is how healing is created. So the position of our heart as parents helps to create that positive environment because when the position of our heart and we have an understanding of the impact of trauma, then these other factors that Brian talks about, and that is um, things that are driven like our sub by our subconscious, our nonverbal communication, um, our timing, our tone, our facial expressions, the intensity, all of that are things that are driven from the position of our heart. And so when we work on our the position of our heart, it's sort of like, in a way, if we were talking about um, our children and we think about the iceberg being behavior and underneath the iceberg is everything else, it's sort of the same thing. I'm inviting you all to work on the everything else that's underneath for you because that will change then the things that are produced in terms of how you are interacting with your children. Um, so last night we were talking about chores. And first I want to let you know that there were, I saw in the comments that somebody talked about using the term housework. We have different kinds of work that we do in our life. And so housework and everybody pitching in because we're all part of the home and how we pitch in might be different based on our emotional age. So I liked that, that, you know, you might, I use the term chore um, because I come from the country. <laughs> That's why, because I grew up in the country. And so the word chore to me actually um, 
it brings up very good feelings because it makes me think about, you know, when I was little and I'd go out and feed the chickens or, um, you know, to feed the horses or whatever. And so when I think of the word chore, it just takes me back to a different time in my life. So whatever word works for your family, that's absolutely okay. And helping your kids understand that their participation is, it's partly about because you need their help and that needs to be an authentic needing of their help. And then another part is that we have more value for things that we um, put in, you know, so if you don't have any skin in the game, so to speak, if you don't have an investment, you know, and that's a way for us to all have an investment in our home, in the, in our physical environment. Um, and because that's as family, you know, we all, we all help as best we can in what way we can. But I think sometimes for us as parents, we have to really understand that process of teaching. And we talked about that last night, you know, first they watch and that watching phase is, is probably much longer than we realize. And it's about different things, you know? And so, um, there are some areas that they can help you more, more readily than others and other areas that they're watching and learning. And so the watching is a really big piece of it. Um, I talked about how I used to have my daughter play music and keep me company. And that was part of her way of helping. Um, and as they get older, then they do with and they do certain things alongside you. Um, and this is about not just, just about chronological age. It's really more about emotional age. So at different emotional ages, you know, they may be working alongside you. And then different emotional ages and different tasks, they may be doing independently and because of trauma and because of the reality that when we stress we regress it can get kind of tricky uh, in our arena because being able to tell when there's a day that they can and when there's a day that they can't can be a little difficult and it can be easy to assign the negative intention um, when what we really need to do is get a little deeper under the surface because there's things like Depression, that's real. Um, speaking of depression, I wanted to talk about this tonight too. I got a lot to talk, a lot to talk about for being late. <laughs> um, I had a really awesome conversation with, um, and I can't remember her last name right now, but I'll have it eventually. Pam is her first name, and she is the director for for um, a company called Neurogistics. Neurogistics, um, they can run your um, urine sample so they can send you a test kit that you purchase and you collect a urine sample then you you dip their special magic stick in it let the stick dry and mail it back to them they can run labs on that urine sample to help identify um, where there may be deficits that can affect you or your child in a way that then manifests as depression, anxiety, behaviors related to those things. Um, they actually started, when they very first started, um, Pam was a student at TCU, and she started her research working right alongside Dr. Karen Purvis. And so all of this actually came from child-focused research and child-driven data and child-researched supplements. So, um, something, uh, two things that I learned in the conversation that I had with her that I, like, I was like, man, that's just gold right there. 
Um, one of the first thing that comes to my mind is that um, 95% of the serotonin that you need in your body is produced in your GI system. So gut health, intestinal health, all of that is all really, really important. Um, so because of some factors related to my daughter's, I call them overlying medical medical issues because right now they're very complex and they're causing a whole lot of challenges for her in life. And so they're not underlying. <laughs> they, these medical conditions are not underlying. They are overlying. They are the primary focus of our life right now and everything is literally secondary to that. So I'm really excited to um, be working with uh, with them. I actually ordered a test kit for Marley and I'll let you know how it goes. I have actually, I know of a few families who are utilizing their services and they're having some good results and they're at, they use supplements versus psychotropic medications. And what I didn't know, because I don't really know a big history of psychotropic medications, but before we had psychotropic medications, um, different enzymes, and amino acids were used to help treat depression and anxiety. And so that is the, that's the kind of treatment that they utilize and recommend. They sell supplements on their websites. Their website, I mean, the, and the supplements, they're not like super inexpensive, but I buy a lot of different supplements. Um, I started with like, you know, whatever I could get at CVS. And over time I've you know, try to get better quality and better quality. Theirs are good quality and their prices are very reasonable. So um, I'll share a link for that organization and I'll let you know how it goes. And um, with other families who are using their services, I'll reach out to them and kind of see how their kiddos are doing, if they're seeing results. Um, what they tell us is that um, it's about six weeks, you would be able to see some shifts. And so that's within two you know, ordering two rounds of supplements based on what the um, testing says. Uh, Pam says, ooh, 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 I would be interested in this as well. We are constantly trying different medication dosages. Sometimes they take, sorry, read more. They, they make things worse. Yes, sometimes they make things worse than better. So that is one reason why I have not um, reached out towards the psychotropic medication solution yet, Pam, is because there are so many side effects and because Marley's health is already um, so complex, I sure don't want to put anything in and especially because everything gets filtered for through your liver and kidneys. That's how they're able to do this test with a urine sample because everything gets everything gets filtered through your liver and kidneys and those are two organs that are we're really striving for health and protection for Marley because there's had to be other you know antibiotics and things like that that have been required because of multiple surgeries and so we're looking for the most holistic route we can take um, the most homeopathic route we can take, the most natural route we can take. They also are able to do like nutritional recommendations and they're so well-versed. It's like, they know our, they know our kids. They know, they know our kids. And so um, I'm super excited. And I, again, I'll put a link to um, Neurogistics. I'll put a link in the comments so that you guys, you know, I, I can't give a personal testimony yet because we've not actually used the service or the supplements but the conversation was very encouraging. And so, you know, when we're, when you 
are raising children and you, I mean, I'm a, I was talking about that bell curve last night. You know, anytime you have um, a cognitive delay, an emotional developmental delay, a physical delay, a complex health issue that is not commonly seen in a doctor's office, you start going into specialty care. And it really is, it's code cracking. You know, you're just working really hard to crack the code to figure out how to help your child be at their best. And so I think that, I think that their organization offers something really great and unique in the world of code cracking that I think is worth, definitely worth a try. I feel very concerned about the world of medicine where a person goes in and they complain of the symptoms of depression. They call it depression. They complain of symptoms of anxiety. They call it anxiety. And there's no lab work done. There's a, a script written, bam, right there. There's no investigation as to whether or not there's any sort of, you know, are there any like iron mineral, are there any, are there any mineral nutritional de deficiencies that need to be looked at? We're not looking at thyroid stuff. We're not looking at really anything other than you describe that your symptoms and they give you, a, you know, they may start you off at a low dose of some antidepressant versus looking at other areas of your overall functioning. And, and, and not to say that, I'm not saying you that antidepressants aren't a good thing. That may be what's needed. But if you're being given antidepressants, but what really is the issue is you've got something going on with your thyroid, then that's a pretty big deal. And so I really appreciate that they actually, you know, they use a urine sample and I pre-read and that is solid science. It's solid science to be able to test that way. There's also, I was also reading about, um, was, I want to say it's TM transmagnetic something. And so it's a process where they actually use magnets on your head and that is being demonstrated to show um, good results for people with depression as well. So um, I like to be able to, to find alternatives because we do. We have so many kids who are on multiple medications and attempt to try to um, calm behavior when it may be better treated through supplements. It may be better treated through nutrition, um, through, through nutrition and through relationship. It may be better... Um, treated by reducing some of the stressors so that they can have time to heal because their brains are so sensitive and hijacked. So there's so many there's so many things for us to talk about and look at and give thought to before just jumping into a magic pill that's going to fix everything. So I wanted to, um, again, we were talking about um, what got me sidetracked is we were talking about tasks around the house and that there could be a lot of underlying reasons why your children may struggle with participating um, in the culture of your home, if in fact it is the culture of your home. Because sometimes we just wake up with a wild hair and decide today's the day we're going to clean house and it's not been part of the routine, it's not been part of the culture. Or you may have standards for your children that you're not really keeping up yourself because well, you know, you may be really busy or you may be depressed too. We're all human. So this isn't about harshing on anyone. It's just really about expanding our perception, expanding our understanding. 
And so this message came through Messenger to me today, and I felt like it was, man, I just felt like it was golden. Um, and it's from a mom. She said, Monday's message, so yesterday's message, talking about tasks. Monday, oh, hang on, come back your screen. There we go. Monday's message really opened us up for a moment. All I could think of is the feeling of total exhaustion growing up. Being a kid who lived in a very abusive family and who was never and who was never rescued and not being permitted to rest properly or safely and that that tire did not leave me, my heart goes out to kids who are in that place with their mind, body, soul is so tired and being willing to do the work but too tired to do it or afraid because of fear. I think for kids from tough backgrounds, there has a different level of awareness and grace extended. Those are just my thoughts. Thank you once again for shining a light inside of this brain. So what she's telling me is that um, hearing that message brought up for her memories of her own childhood, of growing up in an abusive family, and the level of exhaustion was like a soul exhaustion. Like when you never really feel heard, you never really feel understood. You never feel respected. You never really feel valued. Um, that can really leave a person, any person, to a place of being soulfully exhausted. And I do think sometimes that our kids, our children who come from really tough places, they've experienced things that, um, you know, it could take years of rest to just rest. <sighs> from all that they've seen and all that they've experienced. They've, they've absorbed a lot in their short lives. And even if, even if we're talking about adopted at birth, just you know the trauma of separation or trauma of the womb experience, um, you know, sometimes we have these ideas and expectations for our children to function in a place that their foundation just doesn't permit them to yet. But that doesn't mean that they won't. It just means that that's not where they're at right now, and it may take it may take them a little more time. And when we we talk about um, that emotional development piece, and it's really it is the least known piece about human development, you know, um, how the emotional regulatory system develops. And we know, you know, we know that all of that early life nurturing plays a really important piece. And now we're learning that there's even more to it, you know. Me learning today, 95% of the needed serotonin is produced through the GI system. So when you talk about food sensitivities, and that food sensitivities can have to do with taste and texture and temperature, it could be all kinds of things. And so, you know, there could be some there could be some nutritional elements in for your children or for you. There could be nutritional elements that are creating or compounding um, issues with regards to the development of the emotional regulatory system. Go get these sheets if you don't have them. They're free. And as I'm talking, this one right here, this tracker, <laughs> could actually help you notice if it's nutrition-related, even for yourself. Like, you know, I know for me that there are definitely, if I don't get enough protein, if I don't get enough protein. Oh, and the other thing that I learned today was that if you address the the um, serotonin issue, if there's an issue with enough, 
with not enough serotonin being created in the GI system that's bioavailable, um, then you'll see things like crave massive sugar cravings and massive carbohydrate cravings. It's like your body's trying really hard to get something to help it feel better. So then you get in that cycle, right? And you, you know, sugar addiction and all of that is a real thing. And you get in that cycle of up and crash and up and crash and up and crash. And so, um, this, I'm looking forward to finding out this could be a real code cracker, I think for a lot of families, for a lot of people. So I look forward to telling you about the process as it goes along and hopefully we'll have some good results. And so, you know, the whole, the whole message that I want you guys to take away from this conversation about tasks and chores. And if you missed yesterday, just go back and take a listen. I think it's about 15 minutes long is just that there's a whole lot to it. You know, the culture of your home is unique to your home. Many of our kids have lived in various cultures, lots of different homes. And for them to adjust to the culture of your home is a really big deal. And then also for us to take responsibility for how we do, you know, it's like, we're always like blaming it on the kids, but then the reality is how do we do when people are pitching in? Like if somebody is helping, do we then get so vigilant and kind of hypersensitive about how the task gets done because of our perfectionistic nature that says towels must be folded this way and the toilet paper must hang this way on the toilet paper roll and whatever, you know, that's where I was like, you know, we've all got our quirks. And sometimes we're telling people that they need to pitch in and help, but then as soon as they pitch in and start helping, we really just start over-directing, over-instructing, and kind of bitching about it. So then they don't really want to participate in the helping process. So just to really um, expand your awareness about it, expand your awareness, expand your heart, um, imagine the possibility that there could be more to, if there's if your child's having difficulty participating and helping around, there could be more to it than them just being defiant or them just being jerks. Those are words that we may say, you know, they're just being a little jerk in there. They just want to be on their phone. They just want to be talking to their friends. They don't want to help. Everybody just wants to lay around. And now here I have to do everything. You know, we get that big old Cinderella complex. Is it Cinderella? I don't know. I could I have the wrong fairy princess. That's okay. You get the point. And so open ourselves up to the possibility that there could be a whole lot more going on about it. And um, try to find ways for your children to participate at some level, even if it's watching or playing you music, keeping you company while you do it, for them to participate at least at that level um, helps you know that they're engaged and that they have some understanding of the importance. The reality is that if your child has a cognitive disability, if they are um, borderline mentally retarded, moderately, mildly, profoundly mentally retarded, your teaching approach is going to be very different. And it's, if you want to talk about that, just raise your hand and let me know, because I actually have about five years of experience in working with adults with profound developmental disabilities, cognitive delays, um, in a, like it was, a it's like kind of like a day program that incorporated life skills learning. And so I learned so much about breaking tasks down into the tiniest little steps. So anybody who wants that conversation, you guys just let me know and I'll see how I can help out. But 
the reality is it's not the, it's not about learning and having the ability to do it most of the time. The learning and the ability, unless there is a physical delay, if there's a physical issue or a cognitive issue, then that means we're looking at an emotional issue. And so that's where we start expanding our heart and our understanding for how it is that our kids get stuck, how they get into fight, flight, and freeze, how they are super sensitive, how they easily feel judged and criticized. And in that space, all of their abandonment, not good enough, rejection, that all that stuff really flares up. And so a lot of times because of a history of those experiences, mm -mm, they ain't going to do it. So that's where getting underneath and finding ways to engage them that keep it fun because the relationship is more important than the task. The tasks will get done. They'll learn them. But the relationship, and that's the part that's healing, keep that at the forefront. Let the tasks just be an avenue, just one more avenue for how can we relate to do these things together? How can we create a team approach to doing these things? And how can, is there a way that we can, you know, make it a little bit fun, that it doesn't always have to be so serious and so life and death, so intense. We don't have to be so intense about it. It all has to be done right now. Those are our those are our blueprints. That's our parenting. That's that's hearing our parents speak. Um, and as my daughter reminds me, I'm not you and you're not your parents. So you're raising a child who's much different. We have to find out, figure out, you know, how to crack the code on that. So anyway, thank you guys for helping me celebrate my mother's birthday. Thank you for being along to hear about the things that I'm looking into for the on the behalf of my own child and how I look forward to sharing that with you guys. And I'm excited and hopeful that this will have a very positive result. Um, and thank you for your time. And I hope that this evening, if you've not already done this today, that at some point this evening, you set everything aside. Things that you're worried about, things you're fussing about, things you've been cussing about, things you've been fretting about, set it all to the side. You can push pause on that because you can come back and play that tape anytime. Set it all aside and enjoy your children. Enjoy them. Instead of fussing about the things that get on your nerves, notice them as quirks. Notice their quirky little behaviors and start growing a sense of humor about it so it doesn't, it doesn't feel so annoying. Just notice them. Let the love you have for them shine from your eyes. Watch a movie together. Snuggle up on the couch. Snuggle up in bed and read a book. Wrestle, play, create something. Enjoy them. That's why, that's why we're in this together. When you do that with your kids, you know, I mean, we all know this. The only things that you really remember about things that your parents said is if it was something they repeated, so repetition, or if it was something that came with a large amount of emotional impact, either because you were in a highly emotional state or they were. Those are the things that we actually remember the actual words. Otherwise, we remember how they made us feel. So this time, when you put all that instructing aside and you just enjoy them, you are planting the seeds that they'll most remember. The seeds of how you made them feel and how you made them feel loved, how you made them feel special, how you made them feel cherished, 
how you made them feel valuable and how you made them feel adorable. So make sure you take some time for that tonight. And remember what Brian tells us, in any given moment, we can act out of those same blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm. It happens to all of us. It happens to all of us that we get hijacked at the brain level. Your lids can flip. Or we can pause and we can take one to two to three deep breaths and we can choose love. Much love to you guys. Have a blessed night and we'll see y'all tomorrow.